Hello, I'm Damien Venuto. It's March 9th and this is The Front Page, a daily podcast presented by the New Zealand Herald. The ferry services across the Cook Strait are one of Aotearoa's most vital transport links. They're also one of the most prone to failure. Recent issues with the inter-island and Blue Bridge ferries, including failing ships and mayday calls in the middle of storms, have shone the spotlight on the years-long issues with ferry services that connect our country's two islands. So how did this major transport link, once pitched as a key part of a summer vacation, become a national embarrassment? Today, I'm joined by senior Wellington reporter and host of the On the Tiles local edition podcast, Georgina Campbell, to discuss why these ferry services have become such an issue. Georgina, you're currently spearheading a new series on the Herald about the ferry services connecting the North and the South Island. Can you explain the two companies that operate ferry services across the Cook Strait and who has responsibility for them? Yes, so there's Bluebridge, and that's a normal commercial company. And then there's Inter-Islander, which is owned by KiwiRail, uh, which is a state-owned enterprise. So that means KiwiRail is owned by the Crown, uh, but it is expected to be as profitable and efficient as comparable businesses not owned by the Crown. But state-owned enterprises do have their own minister, and that is currently Duncan Webb. Both Inter-Islander and Bluebridge take passengers and freight. So the Cook Strait, I think, can essentially be considered part of State Highway 1. And just to give you an idea of that scope, using Inter-Islander as an example, Inter-Islander usually operates about 3,800 ferry services a year, transporting about 850,000 passengers, 250,000 cars, and billions of dollars worth of freight. And that, for me, highlights why this connection is so important. Each operator usually has three ships each in their fleet. At the moment, the Inter-Islander has four to boost freight capacity when things started to turn to customers in 2021. Yeah, no, so both these companies have had issues with their ships in recent months. So what has happened here? They have, but look, I have to say the problems mainly are with the Inter-Islander. So essentially Inter-Islander's problem is its ferries are reaching the end of their 30-year working lives and they need to be replaced. So because this fleet of three ferries is ageing, it means they're more prone to unexpected breakdowns and systems on board are becoming obsolete. So notable incidents in recent years include the Kayarahi's gearbox being catastrophically damaged and This resulted in the ship being out of action for more than a year, so quite significant. And then, of course, recently we've had the incident with the Kaitaki, where it declared a mayday with 864 people on board in the Cook Strait. It lost power and started drifting towards Wellington's south coast. But in between those incidents, Look, there have been several other like mechanical problems and little breakdowns and they have been smaller delays, but it's very disruptive nonetheless, especially when passengers and freight are relying on those connections so much. So 
Bluebridge, on the other hand, really is a different kettle of fish. The main thing that's happened this year was just a couple of weeks after its new ferry called the Connemara joined its fleet. It ran into trouble. It had some problems with its engine. So that was very unfortunate that it was this brand, you know, new ferry coming in to join the fleet. And then they had problems. And of course, that just kind of puts even more pressure on an already troubled Cook Strait service considering what's happening with the Inter-Islander. Six days after losing power in Cook Strait and drifting close to rocks on Wellington's south coast, the Inter-Islander ferry Kaitaki has just returned to service but carrying freight only for the next two weeks. The cause of Saturday's power cut was a fault in the ship's engine cooling system caused by a leaky connection. Given that a lot of this comes down to the age of the ferries, 30 years is a long time. So why wasn't there a plan in place earlier to replace ferries with newer models? Yeah, this is a great question and one that I will certainly be digging into. But the three usual inter-islander ferries, so that's the Kaitaki, the Kaiarahi and the Adateri, were all built in the mid to late 90s. So we've been told they have a 30-year working life. Therefore, on the face of it, it's perhaps not unreasonable for Kiwi Rail to expect um, to still be getting use out of them. But, you know, if you look at the Kaitaki, for example, that was built in 1995. So it's being pushed right to that sort of what I would say is an upper limit of its working life. And the first of the new ferries is due to arrive in 2025. I think at the moment, everything in terms of the actual ferries is on time and, and okay, but it's tight, isn't it, in terms of that crossover. So given that the companies have these major issues now, what are they trying to do to fix them? The Inter-Islander and Kiwi Rail are confident that the current fleet can service the Cook Strait before these replacement ferries arrive. So I personally am a bit more sceptical, but they're confident that the fleet can service the Cook Strait. So there are two new ferries that are coming. They've been called mega ferries because they're really, really big. And Kiwi Rao and a Korean shipyard signed a contract for the delivery of these um, in 2021. So as I said, the first is due to arrive in 2025 and the second in 2026. The contract price for the two of them was $551 million. So they're also expensive. They're rail enabled. They'll be able to carry nearly double the number of passengers and commercial and passenger vehicles compared with the current fleet. There's also portside infrastructure that needs to be developed to accommodate these larger ferries. But essentially, that is the plan. Bluebridge certainly doesn't have as many issues with its ferries. Well, from what I can see anyway, um, over the past two years, it is normal to have you know some problems. So I think they might consider their fleet a bit more sort of manageable. But Inter-Islander's solution is certainly just to replace the whole fleet and it's a waiting game and, until 2025. So we're basically going to struggle over the next year and a half waiting for the new ships to arrive. People can expect a lot more stories to come on the Inter-Islander ferries between now and 2025. National Coordinator for Public Transport Users Association, John Reeves, is with us. We'd like to send an independent inquiry on it. This is there's a fundamental link for many New Zealanders, whether you're passengers or road or rail freight. So it has a major impact on New Zealand, and also it helps them make us look like a laughing stock when the tourists go home and say, hey, the ferries get broken again. 
Facebook comments on the Inter Islanders page were disabled in order to free up resources to respond to individual customers. Did you buy that explanation for disabling those comments? Yes, I did actually. And I noticed, um, I went on Inter Islanders Facebook page on Monday to see if there were any updates. And I noticed that on Sunday, the Inter Islander announced that there was an issue with the Kaitaki ferry and that it was out of action again. And it was on Sunday that they disabled comments for the first time. I wanted to highlight the fact that they had disabled Facebook comments because I think it showed how under pressure they are at the moment. And I think they do need as many resources as possible to deal directly with customers because some passengers are having trouble getting the information that they need in a timely manner and it's really stressful for them you know like all these people have got plans and trips and places that they need to be and call centers are right at their limit at the moment. Georgina did you speak to any of the passengers aboard the ship during the Mayday call? Yes, I did. I found one account quite eerie, actually. Um, This woman told me that the first sign something wasn't right was when the lights flickered. And then all of a sudden it was very quiet because the engines had stopped working. So I think you can kind of imagine that humming noise of the engines in the background that you probably don't really notice, but you certainly notice it when they stop. A piercing alarm then sounded. The captain announced over the loudspeaker that there was an emergency and people needed to gather at assembly points. It sounds like people were actually relatively calm um, and staff did a really good job of looking after everybody. You know, this woman said that people did start to look a little bit alarmed though when there was a further announcement that passengers should put on their life jackets. I think people were sort of like, well, you know, they don't tell you to put on life jackets for nothing, do they? And she said every single Kiwi on that boat, herself included, all had the Wahine disaster in their heads because they all knew where they were, they all knew there was a southerly wind, a strong one, and they could all see the coast quite clearly. So, yeah, I think there was a lot of anxiety, but I don't think there was sort of panic or chaos. And, of course, as we know now, the ferry drifted about one nautical mile before its anchors managed to stabilise it in 30 metres of water off Sinclair Head. When you do look at the conditions of this mass of water, how much of it can be attributed to the nature of the Cook Strait with its clashing seas and tides and generally rough conditions? Are these ferries just not cut out for making it across this body of water when things get a little bit rough? I don't think so. You know, the other Terry, for example, was purpose-built, so its specifications would have had the Cook Strait in mind. The rest of Inter-Islanders fleet and Blue Bridges fleet are all second-hand ferries, so while they may be new to the fleet, they have had a previous life. And they have been in all sorts of water around the country, you know, whether it's in Ireland or Turkey. You know, I, I just think if the ships were not cut out to deal with the Cook Strait, they wouldn't be there to begin with. Georgina, I understand that engineers are being flown in from the Netherlands to help fix the latest Inter-Islander problems. Why are there no on-site staff to fix these issues in New Zealand? Yeah, I don't think it's unusual for overseas experience to be needed for some quite complex engineering problems, especially considering these boats are built overseas, they've had a life overseas, and many of the parts are from overseas. And, you know, we've seen this happen before. I was thinking in the first 2020 COVID-19 lockdown, a group of technicians 
left their families in the middle of a pandemic, flew across the world from Germany, putting their own health at risk at that time when COVID was really raging, all to fix two sludge pipes that burst in Wellington. So, you know, it's certainly not unheard of. And, you know, those were pretty extreme conditions to need overseas expertise, but it just shows that, yeah, we do need them. Has there ever been any serious consideration given to alternative plans such as building a bridge or tunnel connecting the 93 kilometres that separate the two islands Do you think that the massive investment in something like that would be worth it in the long haul to offer an alternative to the ferry service? I just think considering how much we're struggling to get billions of dollars worth of light rail in Auckland on the move, let alone a bridge or tunnel between the two islands, it's not something um, that anybody is taking seriously. I mean, God knows how expensive it would be. It would be billions and billions of dollars. Um, So I doubt serious consideration would have been given to that. Also, like, it's just, it won't be a priority, right? I mean, even long term, the state of our infrastructure in New Zealand, you know, which you've canvassed, Damien is uh, yeah in need of investment and our love as well as projects that haven't even been built yet you know with these massive budget blowouts going on and then we've got the fallout from Cyclone um, Gabrielle as well so I think we are stuck with the ferries between the two islands I think. Yeah I suppose the other thing is that it would also require a feat of enormous engineering brilliance given that it would be twice as long as the English Channel so it would be yeah. it would be quite remarkable to have that space traversed. And also earthquakes. You know, there are some fault lines in there that I don't think necessarily would play out very well. (laughs) Now, I suppose putting those big infrastructure ideas to one side, how have politicians responded to this matter, given that Wellington Central has become a competitive seat again in the lead-up to this election? A finance minister, a co-leader and a deputy. Wellington Central voters had top pickings for their MP, but one by one they've bowed out of the safe Labour seat. Are any parties offering alternative solutions to this problem? The Transport Minister has come out this week saying that he's met with Kiwi Rail's board to seek assurances that they're taking the situation seriously. He's also requested a plan about how Kiwi Rail is going to manage the fleet until now and when the two new mega ferries arrive. So it would be very interesting to see what that plan is. I wonder if it will be released. We'll certainly be asking for it. But I know the Transport Minister, who has a lot on his plate at the moment and his office, are certainly keeping a very very close eye on this situation. And Michael Wood has acknowledged how frustrating this situation has been for customers. It's disrupted so many people. And he said, unfortunately, you know, it's a result of the age of these vessels. He's also pointed out, as you would expect a good politician to do, that, you know, when Labour came into government, they moved quickly to replace the fleet. And, you know, they're the ones that signed off on these two new mega ferries. And he's pointed out that not all governments have been willing to tackle the hard issues. National Transport Spokesman Simeon Brown has called the Cook Strait situation the biggest pothole in State Highway 1. But the thing about this issue is that there is a solution. Like it's sort of the problem exists, but a solution has been signed off. The new ferries are paid for. So it's kind of not really, um, you know, like a contest of ideas of how to fix it. It's happening. We just have to wait. And Kiwi Rao has also confirmed that it hasn't approached the government for more funding for its current fleet in the meantime. As for Wellington Central candidates, in my opinion, they would be better off campaigning on the state of Wellington's buses. 
Georgian, as a Wellingtonian, what would you like to see done to ensure that issues like this don't happen more frequently? Because it does seem like the transport network across this country does have a series of significant problems. Yes, I think there are a lot of lessons that have emerged of late. So, you know, proactive investment and not kicking the can down the road. And, you know, for councils and governments alike, it, that does mean things like rates increases and, you know, the taxpayer paying for these things. But I think we've got first-hand experiences of why they're so important. And I think the new ferries are going to be great. I'm genuinely excited. They look really cool. But yeah, until then, I'll probably be making travel arrangements that involve flying to the South Island rather than sailing, I think. Thanks for joining us, Georgina. That's it for this episode of The Front Page. You can read more about today's stories and extensive news coverage at nzherald.co.nz. The Front Page is produced by Sean D. Wilson with executive producer Ethan Sills. I'm Damien Venuto. You can follow The Front Page on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. And tune in tomorrow for another look behind the headlines.